Please be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 1, beginning at verse 3, and can be found on page 227 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In it, Paul encourages Timothy by reminding him of his prayers for him, his longing to see him, his sincere faith, and the need to rekindle the gift of God within him. I am grateful to God, whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 20, and can be found on page 86 in the New Testament section of the Church Bible. In this reading, Jesus speaks about the coming of the kingdom and of his role as the Son of Man. Once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming, and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is, for in fact the kingdom of God is among you. Then he said to his disciples, The days are coming when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, Look there, or look here. Do not go, do not set off in pursuit. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must endure much suffering and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so too it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and drinking and marrying and being given in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed all of them. Likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking and buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day that Lot left Sodom, 
It rained fire and sulfur from heaven and destroyed all of them. It will be like that on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, anyone on the housetop who has belongings in the house must not come down to take them away. And likewise, anyone in the field must not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Those who try to make their life secure will lose it. But those who lose their life will keep it. I tell you, on that night there will be two in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. There will be two women grinding meal together. One will be taken and the other left. And then they asked him, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, Graham. Please do be seated and shall we pray together. Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher this morning to awaken our hearts, expand our minds and shape our identity. In you today we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. It's the 30th of September this year and George and I have exited the Blue Ridge Parkway which is famous for being America's most scenic drive. We've exited at a place called Asheville in North Carolina. And we're arriving at a place called The Cove. The Cove is this mountaintop retreat and training center that was built by Billy Graham that still today remains the world headquarters for his ongoing ministries, even in his death. And as we, as we arrive, there's a kind of gentle spitting in the air and we're guided to the chapel but before reaching it we notice to the right a sign saying Ruth's prayer garden who was Billy Graham's wife so we kind of make a detour and as I'm exploring around I sit down on one of the benches there you can feel the weight of God's presence in this place all around. Even in the outdoors, it's very real and and tangible and special, if you like, this thin place between earth and heaven of stillness and peace. Reflecting on the experience, I'm reminded, just because someone has died, it doesn't mean that their prayers don't continue to exert power in life. Because the prayers that are prayed in faith are permanent and everlasting. Jesus never forgets them. They act as an ongoing memorial, if you like, to their life. And Ruth Graham's prayer, I since found out for that place, was that it would be a place of rest and retreat. A place of relaxation and renewal. Even though she died, 
about five years ago, the prayers that she prayed in this garden are still being answered. And then it happened. While I was seated on the bench, the Holy Spirit starts to whisper. Remember the day, Tian? And then I realize it's the 30th of September. How could I have forgot such a date, yet being on holiday on another continent, I had. It was 15 years, exactly. Probably around the right time since I was ordained in Litchfield Cathedral. And in the special moments that then followed between God and me, he was reminding me of his call and commissioning over my life. We're in this final week in this short series on the power and importance of remembering in this season of remembrance. We looked last time at the Old Testament idea of remembrance, if you were here two weeks ago. In the New Testament, there are two Greek words for remember, which are often easily interchangeable, but they have two different meanings. Both encapsulate the idea, though, of don't forget to remember this. The first is the word maniah. It encapsulates the idea of remembrance that is prompted by another. If you like it, the prayer garden was my maniah moment when God prompted me by reminding me of the date and its significance to me in terms of its meaning, saying, don't forget to remember this, Ian. In our first Bible reading, we notice how the young prodigy, Timothy, too has his maniah moment. Here, Timothy, in this second letter, is being reminded by his mentor, Paul, of three thoughts. Firstly, look at the language with me in verse 3, that day and night, Paul is unceasing and constantly praying for Timothy. Secondly, Paul reminds Timothy in verse 4 of his affection for him and also the joy that Timothy brings him. And then thirdly, we read how Paul reminds Timothy of his genuine, sincere faith that, he'd kind of, that had been instilled into him by the maternal line in his family. I wonder this morning, what might be your Maniah moment as we go through this message? Where might God start to prompt you and say, don't forget to remember this? Maybe it might be in such a way that where might you be a, a Paul this morning and encourage a Timothy in your life in some way? There are though two Greek words for remember in the New Testament and that they are easily interchangeable. If the in our first reading we see how this word translated remember or sometimes the English is used recall, or sometimes remind. If you count them up, it's used four times. But if we look in verse 6, the word translated for remind there is a different Greek word from the word that's used on the previous three occasions. On the first three occasions, this idea of remembrance has been prompted by another. On the final occasion, the idea of remembrance is one which means this unassisted recalling. The Greek word is anamnesis. It's where, in a, in a negative concept, we get the word amnesia from. 
It's a compound word made of two words, anna meaning repeat or do it again, and meneos meaning to be reminded of something. So the Greek word is encapsulating this idea of this unassisted recalling in which you don't forget because you're deliberately replaying over and over and over again in your memory. Not just in your head, but also by what you do. It was that word that Jesus used, remember when we looked two weeks ago, when he took a loaf of bread. And he gave thanks for it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, do this in remembrance, do this in anamesis of me. In other words, never forget to do this. Jesus was saying this is really, really important. Do it and whatever it might take, replay it over and over and over again in your life so that you will never ever forget the memory of doing it. That's the idea of the concept of remembrance when Jesus uses that word, anamnes. Why? Because memories, good and bad, are powerful. You know, on this day in the old church calendar, you may remember this Sunday was known as Stir Up Sunday. It was designed to stir up faith and hope in you. It's therefore why when we're feeling overburdened with doubts or worries, yes, we talk to God to him, but better, talk to your problems, talk to your worries, talk to your doubts about who God is, the God who loves you, the God who's good, the God who's faithful, the God who's saved you, the God who's guided and directed you through your life, the God who's brought you through difficult times before and will do so once more. That is the best antidote to fear, to doubts, and to worry. Because there's so much power in remembering God in this way and his goodness and his love and his faithfulness towards us and so much risk in forgetting. Remember that psalm we said earlier? The questioning at the beginning of the psalm. And then what does the psalmist say? I will remember the works of the Lord and call to mind your wonders of old time. I will meditate on your works and ponder your mighty deeds. Listen, when we're, when we're formed in this way, in this habit and rhythm of talking to our problems or our doubts or our worries or our fears about who God is, you start to remember instinctively to do it again. And on this Stir Up Sunday, it will stir up faith and hope in you. Jesus says, don't forget to remember this. So what was so important for Paul to change the word. What was so important for Paul to say to Timothy that he should never forget to remember? It was for Timothy to never forget to rekindle the gift of God he's been given. Listen, the, the verb to rekindle means to, to stir up. It means to, to revive. You know, we, we can just think of it in terms of an open fire where the embers are still warm and glowing and you kind of blow on them or you fan them 
to spark or to reignite a flame. That's the idea that's being thought about here. Paul was saying to Timothy, don't forget to remember to allow the Holy Spirit to blow through the embers of your memory, reminding you, rekindling you of the gift God has given you and put it into action. Do whatever it takes, Timothy. He was saying, keep on, keep on doing this. Never forget to do this. Always be putting yourself forward to use that gift that God has given you. Because not only will that gift then be strengthened in you, but the power and the love of God will be released by you to others. Because if we think about it, with any spiritual gift that we have been given by God, if we don't use them, what happens? Well, maybe we forget how to use them. Maybe we lose confidence in them. Maybe we become a bit blasé and apathetic about them. We become comfortable being out of the fight. And it can be very easy to not use them. Listen, this is just a fact. It's now well documented how the past 30 months have been absolutely disastrous for many Christians in terms of spiritual amnesia. It's just a fact. In other words, of not remembering to never forget, to rekindle, to fan the gift of God had given them. And as a result, his church, his kingdom are suffering. It's just a fact. And on this Stir Up Sunday, we need to stir up our faith and our hope in God. Jesus says, don't forget to remember this. So on Thursday night, I was gathered with others from this island in Salisbury Cathedral for the welcome service for the deaneries of Guernsey and Jersey to the diocese. And the cathedral too is this thin place between earth and heaven. You get a very real sense of God's presence as you go in it. And over the course of that evening, what happened were there were those Maniah moments where someone might say, remember when this happened. But as I was sad in the cathedral in that service, my mind turned to those anamnesis moments I've kind of never forgotten. It was not the Church of England's finest hour, and that's an understatement, with lives deeply affected and suffering still ongoing for some. It was a time of crisis. At times, it was unbelievable and unstable. Perhaps not apocalyptic like in our gospel reading. But over these past 30 months, there have been those times where it's definitely felt apocalyptic as we've pivoted from one crisis to another. And in our gospel reading, Jesus speaks of a future time of crisis, even apocalyptic. And amidst many things that Jesus says in the midst of this discourse, he gives a warning saying, anamnesis, remember Lot's wife. Why does Jesus say, in the midst of this discourse, don't forget to remember Lot's wife? If we think about it, there are many women mentioned in the Bible. 
Many great women that Jesus could have told us to remember, yet this is the only one in all of the Gospels that Jesus tells us to remember. Jesus doesn't say remember Deborah, or remember Ruth, or remember Esther, or remember Mary. He says to remember a woman whose name we don't even know. What was so important that in the midst of times like this and what we've gone through, Jesus never wants us to forget. Have we remembered her? And why should we remember her? You know, in the story before Sodom is destroyed, the angel of the Lord, you can read it in Genesis 19, tells Lot and his family to flee for their life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the hills or else you will be consumed. It's kind of pretty direct talk, isn't it? And Lot's wife then does the very thing she's told not to do. She stops. She looks back. It becomes a pillar of salt. And Jesus says, don't ever forget to remember Lot's wife. Maybe in the difficult and bewildering times we've lived through, it can become very easy to stop following God. Just as the facts are pretty disastrous about the number of Christians who stopped using their gifts, so it's pretty disastrous as well in terms of those who stopped following him. It's a fact. You will know someone in this category. And Jesus says, don't ever forget to remember Lot's wife. Maybe, maybe this is you or you know someone like this. In difficult and bewildering times we've lived through, it becomes very easy and very tempting to look back in the past and become nostalgic. Maybe you've found yourself reminiscing of the so-called good old days. Now, I've often found when we look back in the past and we look back nostalgically, we always look through rose-tinted spectacles. And like Lot's wife, we're in danger of looking back so longingly at what we had that we miss out on what God has for our future. And Jesus says, don't ever forget to remember Lot's wife. Or maybe this is you in difficult and bewildering times, because this was a bit of me in the prayer garden we've lived through. It's very easy to kind of just say, well, okay, I'm not going to stop following God. And I'm not... I'm not going to look back, but we don't move forward. Very easy to become comfortable and stay in the garden and want to take control of our lives ourselves because that's what we do in crisis. That's what human beings do. And in Ruth's prayer garden, there was those moments where I was saying to God, God, this is lovely. Can't I just stay here forever? Can't I just stay here for a few more minutes? To which he said, it's time to move forward Jesus says don't ever forget to remember Lot's wife so I wonder where is your don't forget to remember this Mania moment this morning where have you been prompted or reminded about something where might be your don't forget to remember Animaeus moment this morning that habit perhaps that rhythm that needs to form or continue to form or maybe you've forgotten you've got out of practice and you need to get back into it you don't forget to remember this moment where might be the don't forget to remember Lot's wife moment for you this morning you see on this stir up Sunday may God stir up our faith 
and our hope in him. May we know and may we never forget to remember who God is. That as the psalmist said, he will do everything he's promised. His love for you and for me is eternal. And so let's allow him to complete the work in you. He has begun. In the name of the Father who created us, the Son who redeemed us, and the Spirit who gives us life. Amen.